0: s-p-u-l-l-e-n at fairwaymc.com and that phone number is 520-977-7904 shoot sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address disclaimer time this is where i tell everyone to lighten up it's just a podcast trading is like that roller coaster at the amusement park thrilling unpredictable and potentially stomach churning what works for one person might leave another clutching their hat in the wind our hosts and guests they're awesome knowledgeable full of insights but we're not financial advisors so don't rush to make any investment decisions based solely on our banter always consult with a professional or do your own research plus let's face it we like to have fun laugh enjoy the trading ride together it's all in the name of good podcasting fun so remember take it easy don't bet the farm and keep your seatbelts on at all times thank you for listening all right, Hello, everybody. Welcome to the China Shop, home of the podcast formerly known as Two Bulls in a China Shop, briefly known as True Trading and sometimes referred to as the Dinosaur Podcast. But for now, and for sure, and most definitely forever now, be henceforth known as the Band of Traders. Uh, big shout out to Kevin, his wife, for blowing all our ideas out of the water. Check him out at fmtrades.com if you're into trading Forex. I am your host today, uh, aspiring trader Kyle, and joining me tonight we have Baba Yaga and Mr. Banks of Vanta Trading, and Purdue gets to make his debut on the new format. On the docket tonight, we have fading trends and when not to, uh, followed by discussion on Crudelli's surprising take on why 90% of traders fail. After that, we'll look at the past week in the Good, Bad, and Ugly segment for wrapping things up with some new bold predictions. And speaking of which, did anybody's prediction come true?
1: I um I don't think that there was a bank uh, you know failure this week, so I think I might have taken it. I think you might have, and I tell you
0: what, I I've not had more fun watching reading bank headlines all week this week. <laughs> 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 I think I've been posting you like every day, like oh, SoftBank's in trouble. Oh no. <laughs> Let's see what were the other ones we had. I think uh, Flurry came pretty close, actually. He wanted AI to gap fill and nuke, which it didn't fill the gap, but it did drop 5%. That hit his mark. I think that would have been his 10% call. Uh, Michael Burry's profile is still up, but I did get a screenshot of it looking uh, emptier than typical. Uh, And then, uh, Baba, you had a crypto crash, I think you called for. That
2: didn't quite happen. I mean, you got to make a prediction. You got to do what you got to do, bro.
0: Dude, you got to go bold, man. You got to go bold. And you did that. I think you win the boldness, but uh, I think I think we get Banksy accuracy. All right. Should we move on, do some updates here? So coming up this Thursday, we've got the next options episode with Eric Smolinski. Uh, next Friday, Rich Friesen is going to be joining us on this program to talk about trading psychology. And again, if you want to listen in to the live recordings, we do that on the Discord every Friday evening. Those links will be in the show notes. And last thing I'd like to say is if you'd like to reach out, you can DM us on Twitter, Discord. You can even send us an email at suggestions at financialindeptitude.com. Send us any suggestions you have for topics, guest ideas, or even if you want to star on one of these things, we'll get something worked out with you. All right, Baba, Banks, anything going on new over at Vanta? I'll let Baba take that if he wants it. Yeah, because I know there's something going on, right?
2: So coming up in Vanta, what do we got? Okay, we are... um... We're revamping our website, uh,
0: so yeah.
2: yeah, we got a this lady. She's pretty cool. You probably met her before. I, I'm familiar, and <laughs> uh, she's a she's a goat at everything that she does. And she informed us that, in her opinion, if she did not know us, then she would not have a clue what exactly it is that we do or what makes us different. So uh, she's she's helping us with that. Sent over a copy. It's looking great. So we're excited to to get a better. Um, a better word out there for what we're doing.
0: Yeah. That's going to be uh, uh, you're going to enjoy that. Website updates are always fun. Also, uh, you've been putting out some YouTube content too lately. Haven't you?
2: Um, actually, I have a bunch of stuff, but I'm holding out on putting it out there because, um, yeah, but, uh, but very soon I've recorded a lot of stuff. We're trying to get better at recording morning plans, trying to get better at recording some live treating. Um, I'm just not the best at remembering to, um, to start OBS up. So your new job is to remind me of that every day.
0: (laughs) I'll make you a checklist. (laughs) Yeah. All right. uh, Purdue, what about you, man? You got anything you wanted to promote?
2: Uh, I have nothing really
3: special besides my wife's book, Nothing Left But Ashes. That's available on Amazon. Um, Besides that, just uh, Daily Grind.
0: Nailed it, dude. I'll (laughs) let her know you you crushed it this time. (laughs) 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 All right, guys. On the docket today, we have got fading trends uh, is one of the big struggles that I see all the time from from people is that they want to pick those bottoms and tops I know I do it a lot too uh, just kind of want to hear everyone's thoughts on like how you treat trend days and what do you need to see in order to make the trade in order to try to fade one so uh, let's let's kick things off with how about Mr. banks there
1: so the question about picking tops and bottoms and and, and which you know on trend days where to take stabs basically is what you're asking.
0: Yeah. Cause you'll see a lot of guys, they'll, they'll miss the long, I think is what ends up happening. And then psychologically you don't want to take the long because you think you've already missed it. So you're trying to, to catch the next trade. You're trying to anticipate where that, that top is going to be, but then you just end up getting chewed up.
1: Yeah. So I, I would say in my, in my previous um, life as a trader, um, I would try to pick every top and bottom. Um, and I think now currently it's, it's, you know to me it's all based on where the draw is where like where liquidity sits where we should target um so you know in those spots i you know i probably on any given day have a handful of spots that i have outside of what our ranges mm-hmm. um and basically anything outside of those spots is just you know it's a no go zone um and you know if if it sets up and there's a lot of times where like on a day like this like you know we traded through a key spot you know a, a swing high that i was kind of interested in and we gave Zero pullback on that move. And uh, you know, if you know, if you're looking at the other products, you can see why. But if you're looking at, you know, you know, NQ on that trade, I mean, you know, the you know, the ideal setup would be, you know, a push-through, pullback kind of set up some sort of you know, bearish structure, at least on the smaller time frames, and kind of you know get that, you know, test to the downside. And you know, if if it's not gonna give it to you, it's just you know, it's one of those things where you kind of pick up with maturity and trading that you just you, you just don't test the button anymore because you've tested you know too many times and I felt the pain um, on those type of moves and you know and and I think the hardest spot is like you know once the move is gone um, it's you know that fomo atmosphere uh, yeah, you know you're yeah. missing out and and I think it's really hard to jump into a trade like 50 points higher than what you think the low is um, but on a lot of those days I mean if if we're not if we're not proven to me that it's over, um, you know, if you can find something on a smaller time frame, low risk, you know, where you, you know, if you're going to be wrong, you're going to be wrong in a key spot and it's going to, you know, reverse, you know, I think that those are great spots to be, you know, picking. And I think it's, it's easy to be a part of that trade. Mm, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that
1: makes a lot of sense.
0: Uh, so what, like, what exactly are you looking for to indicate to you that maybe that trend is turning?
1: yeah so you know when we like like my key setup is like a liquidity sweep of some time frame um you know it like a you know 1 hour or something along those lines or if we start breaking down on like if we're going up if we start breaking down on bullish structure mm-hmm. um so you know if we if we start breaking that down and and you know we start to turn on the smaller time frames um you know the, the, those are the key things that i really look at like you'll you'll see the smaller time frames obviously change before the bigger time frames but as long as the bigger time frame, you know, structure is holding, then there's no real reason for you to be flipping. At least in that, you know, in that scenario, and it, it, and on those type of moves, it has to be a plus setups, you know, on those type of moves, especially when you get really extended like today, um, mm-hmm. you know, on Friday, where and you know, Friday can just be like the the shenanigan moves anyway. So I tend to you know try to stay out of it. But you know those type of structure moves, they have to be a plus, especially when you get too far extended. Because you know we just tend to do whatever we want on Fridays.
0: There seems to be a mentality too of like, or I guess the the trap that I tend to fall into is it's gone so far it can't go any higher than this, and that isn't necessarily the case as I've learned the hard way. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's tough. It's tough for sure. What about you, Baba? What do you look for?
2: I feel like with. So I have obviously um, traded uh, against the trend a time or two. Uh, in fact, on Monday, <laughs> no, Tuesday. It was Tuesday. Was it Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday. Monday was a fine day. Tuesday, I had this anticipation of price moving higher, um, but but not in a substantial way. In fact, I was looking for a trade out the out both sides of Monday's range, mm-hmm. and um, I think the. A couple hallmarks to look for. So, like, uh, and kudos to flarry if he's around or um, if he listens to this. You know, a no tick or obviously is something to watch out for. Um, if we Can you don't that trade, so thirty second or so. A lot of times when we open in, in a certain posturing, um, it'll be like make or break for the bulls or bears in a in a moment. And if the 30 second OR, so in the first 30 second print, if we don't trade, um, if we only trade out one side, Mm -hmm. then that's like 30 seconds into the market or two minutes into the market. That's a clue that we could have a strong trend. The second, um, the second clue is have we, or are we interacting with VWAP for the RTH session from 930 open? So obviously if we trade above the OR, then we're, um, and it moves at all, you're going to be above VWAP. Um, so when we come back to that, um, is it a swift tap and go? Do we not even touch it? So no, no or little interaction back on the other side of VWAP would be the second clue that you might have a monster on your hands. Um, and then the third time frame or the third clue to, like, check is, like, after about five minutes. After about five minutes, it's we, we tend to, like, base a little bit and then see that continuation. So... That's a, the few things to watch for just to, to be like, oh, we might have a trend day on our hands. Then I think much to like Bank, uh, Bank's point, like as we move um, higher, there's really um, only two reasons to take a short. The first reason is if you come into a uh, key structural level. Um, for me, that could be uh, a balance area high, a value area high, or a session high. So um, Asia session, London session, Prior day's afternoon session or AM session high, mm-hmm. the high of that time period, those are great pockets of liquidity that we we could have just been on a mission to grab, and then there might be an opportunity for a reversion trade. What I've attempted to do, um, and I shot a few shots that on Tuesday, but they were in in key spots, and, and it was you know uh, I would wait for you know smaller time frame type setup and take that trade as soon as it goes back against you, your risk is tight. It's not the end of the end of the world. The problem comes when you abandon your setups and your spots. So if you, if you've got three spots to shoot a shot and you think there's this huge opportunity to the downside, the later in the day that we get or the later in the morning, I think the less likely that that reversion really becomes. And that's just uh, something to watch for. And then really Hmm. you can almost sit on hands till lunchtime and then maybe look for where we are with regard to time for an attempt at that. But the, the bigger the bigger win is to try to hit your wagon to that if you have a level 30 50 70 points above um, try to get on board and get bullied out of that long trade um, instead of trying to or or get bullied out of the short trade instead of trying to fight and make make the trade you know something difficult that's uh I like the
0: way you said that get bullied out of the trade because I feel like that's uh, that's something that Purdue I think you do very well. Is I hear you all the time saying, like, I don't like this, but I'm taking it because it's a setup. Do uh, you have any thoughts on, on the topic here that you want to share?
3: Oh, absolutely. I, I can't. I thought Baba would take away the, the idea of using
2: balance areas. Yeah, I left right, that for right. you. I left it on the table <laughs> for you. I was going to talk about that proximity to open to that. I was going to talk about, but I think you, you take it away.
3: That That for me is the context of every day of being in trend or not in trend. And so the whole idea is whether you know what balance areas are or or how you define balance areas, it's if you define an area of a range and you open outside of that range, not only do you open outside that range, but you hold that outside that range at the open and consolidate above that range. That to me is a perfect setup for a range day.
0: Mm hmm. Okay. That is,
3: that is like my A plus, A plus. Like, I will lean into it very hard to go trend day. Today, which is, you know, November 10th, was a little bit more of a struggle because we opened up right in the middle. Mm -hmm. And my favorite phrase is don't diddle in the middle. (laughs) And, um, I use that 50% line of my balance area as my um, bearish below, bullish above. And we kept trying to go lower, but it was a controlled and structured short. Like it, every time it would break short, it would kind of react and, and bounce and it just would never get traction. And then I saw a smaller time frame pattern and I reversed and went the opposite direction. But the whole idea is that that's where how to define a, a trend day to me is everything that I do has to do with balance. It's mm-hmm. if I open in balance, yeah I I don't I'm I i do not like trading the I actually I know Baba and Banks love trading from the inside out. I like trading from the outside out. I, I will buy higher and sell higher. Mm-hmm. Um so you're that's not, like the yeah, difference.
0: Not. You're not into, like, fading the edges of the balance area until they force you out of, like, until they they break out of the the range.
3: Oh, I absolutely will. But it needs to prove it to me first. Yes, I agree. That's, like, the the real decision part at the Open. Mm -hmm. Are you holding outside of balance? Are you holding above the support? Are you, like, a perfect, like, the A-plus setup to me is, like, let's just say, like, today was a little bit different where you are holding outside of balance on the high side, you're holding above previous day high and OR is holding above. Mm -hmm. That to me is like the perfect recipe. I will buy the OR high. I will buy every dip just to go long because you have every indicator telling you or indication to me on my chart telling me to go long and there's no reason to, to, to touch the short button. It, if for the example to fade that mean reversion back to the middle is when they, they, they rip the high and then immediately close below. And then they start consolidating inside the opening range of the 30 second opening range, or they consolidate underneath my, my little box of my, my balance area. Mm-hmm. That's what, Throws a red flag, and that actually happened. What was that Thursday? Uh, I don't remember. No, no, that, yeah, that was Thursday. We were talking about it on on the voice chat. It was. I, so I was like, I'm. I was going short, and it was actually my reluctant trade. I do because remember that. Yes. yeah, yes, Yeah, exactly that that was because we did. It was on Thursday, November 9th. Um, I missed the original short and I was kind of irritated that I missed the reaction because I'm not a very good shorter. I don't like I don't like shorting. It's just difficult for me. And I'm very much more aggressive on the long side, but I did miss the initial short and I decided to just go short based on a few different strategies that I have and it even actually it pulled down and went way farther. It like I would have hit I think it would have hit to my targets on my original entry, had I followed through and was quicker enough, and um, the second time it it did the same exact thing. And uh, actually, I had a very good day on Thursday because I was just following the strategy. Following the
0: strategy, I think that's uh, the key word right there. Cause I feel like a lot of the mistakes that I make when I try to fade the trend or when I abandon the strategies or when I try to anticipate or, or uh, how do you put that Bob? I think you enforced my no, in, will innovate. on the market.
2: <laughs> try to innovate. Yeah. Innovate yeah. an entry or yeah. And I think to, um, to, to Purdue's point, um, you know, I, I, I have worked pretty hard at being able to be a part of the trip, you know, and I'm quicker than, you know, banks probably. And, um, quicker than banks and, and um, Purdue and most people at like making a decisive, you know, all right, this is where we're going or this is what I'm doing. Um, but it, that, that comes from exactly what we're talking about, which is I, I used to be very much a sit back and wait um, far too long for price to get to some predetermined level that that's got to be where we stop. And that's where I'm going to pile in. And I realized, like, if I have this area that I'm really interested to do business in, why don't I just figure out how to take a take part in the journey to get there. And then we can reevaluate it once we get there. Um, The other thing I think is interesting that Purdue touched on is the the idea of um, like these balance areas. So um, props to him because I've actually started strongly incorporating um, value areas from volume into some of, some of my work. And one of the things that uh, really stands out is, and I've tried to get Purdue to look at it, but he's so busy <laughs> is um, is this session over session. Um, as we, as we're dividing the sessions up currently um, these session over session uh, volume value areas, they create a little tighter than like a daily profile and a, a little more information because you can see session over session, how we're building value and, how we're building the volume profile and it creates um i think a little little quicker opportunities and so today when we snuck back inside of the the session over session value area that's that's really when we started to kind of see the potential for this upside um trade i think you know a lot of us hitched our wagon to at that point um it's just super interesting there's a lot of ways to quantify what's happening in the market. And I I really think that knowing if we're re-entering a value area, what's the trade. And we talked about that in the pre-market plan, you know, here's, here's the goal for sellers. They've got to continue this move down and break out of balance and balance and value are two different things. Balance would be for me, balance is the the lowest low or the highest high that we've made while having overlapping value. Mm -hmm. The value area is just simply the, overlapping value every every time it overlaps and moves that box grows when we re-enter into value then the trip is from value area low back to the midline like purdue is talking about and then if we find traction at the midline bet you know you want to be a part of the trade to float to the top of value and if we get to the top of the value the next target is balance area high which to bank's point balance area high is always going to be two things. It's going to be a, almost always it's going to be a session, um, uh, like a session high, Asia high, Euro high, a New York AM or PM high. Therefore, it's always going to have the potential to be a liquidity grab and a reversion opportunity. So just having those ideas at play in your mind as the day starts to open, that's why we look at that same couple charts in the same order every morning, because you, you kind of know what's 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 on the table having a
0: consistent approach to that should help with the pattern recognition too.
2: Yeah. And your familiarity with the nuance of how we engage with those goes, goes up um, substantially. Um, The more times you watch the same things unfold. um, It's, it's like, like today, uh, the Friday, the 10th, like when we rolled up off the open and failed to take that high, um, there was a, a session high that we just fell just short of. We roll all the way down and we've, and we take some intermediate lows, but we can't, we failed to take that key low, um, that key session low from the, from the, I think it was the Euro range, if I'm not mistaken. Well, at that point, we've got ourselves in a conundrum. Are we going to have a balance day where we just stay inside the range all day, or are we going to express back up, challenge through, re-enter that balance area and really unwind and thanks to you kyle um with all of these uh, pine, uh not pine script but um
0: oh god yeah the
2: chat gpt's uh python code all the python code we've been working on um we know that friday out of any day over the last 15 years is the it has the most likelihood to make a new high on the week or a new low on the week and so that was actually mm-hmm. kind of a guiding light for me like a guiding idea today to, to smash into those longs because that again the sellers lately hey they, they have just fumbled it dude like every time they get the ball and they get down there close to actually accomplishing something and most people probably think oh they did it they've they've wrecked everybody um every time they they fumble it yeah and yeah. we just saw that happen again today and the awareness of what friday the potential of a friday i mean it allowed me to make a a a good decision and i and i'll say about that that fridays as well is not not typically a day that i trade larger size so i'm trading like less than half of what i would normally would today Mm -hmm. um and still was able to manage you know a reasonable day um just because of the the size of the move and i think that's the cool thing about fridays It, it allows you to size down um and if you catch that expansive move or if we're set up like today with this possibility to rotate all the way through this area, and I think we went higher than most people assumed we would. Um, but yeah, it's just you know having all of that sorted beforehand, and then being ready to to kind of not read the tea leaves, but hold, pay hold close on. attention. Go ahead. Sorry, re- repeat the statistic that you said. So Fridays have the highest percentage chance of any day of the week of making the weekly high or the weekly low. And it's, it's so, a staggering percent. I don't remember what it is right off hand. I could flip through my notebook, but.
3: No, like I love that statistic because you both know how Friday's much I love Fridays. Bagger. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: that makes a lot of sense now.
3: Like, yep. Seriously, like I, I didn't know that statistic until you guys just said that. And you guys know how much I love Fridays. And it goes into my trading. Maybe it's because I look at those higher time frames and those are my goals. And those are my targets. And I go for them. Like it is crazy.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I'll, I got the stats right here actually. So from 2010 to basically this week, the weekdays with the highest close Friday is almost, almost double the next closest, which is uh Thursday at 146. Friday is 250 of the weeks that set the high.
2: Yeah. And the cool thing is to, um, to express that as a percentage over all the other days. And then you're like, wow, that's, you know, that's really interesting. Um, and I, I, you know, this may play into um, how I approach Friday. So, a lot of the work we've been doing and uh, old data that I have from my trading, like Mondays have typically been a, a weaker day, like less profit. And Fridays, typically, I, I think that Fridays actually hold a, a lot of unlocked potential for me. Like the trade I took today, if I would have taken it on a normal day, it would have been a monster. Um, I mean, it yeah. was a, it, they saw it was a really, it was great. Right. And it was good on, the, on the size I had, but, uh, under a normal day, that would have been like, a, you know, I don't know, like a week maker or maybe a month maker. Um, and so I think there's some possibility for me to grow and my ability to, to navigate Fridays a little bit. Um, but yeah, knowing the volatility, the possibility, the stretch, the reach, um, that Fridays can have, um, is, a is definitely good. a tool in the tool. It does go
3: against the grain. Like, It's Friday. You don't want to screw up your whole entire profit center for the whole entire week. You don't want pres- Preservation Friday. You don't want to screw up a whole entire week in one day and then, then simmer on it. Well, maybe that's why they call it
0: Preservation Friday is because so many people let the emotions get the better of them and try to make up the losses of the week that it allows that many people to get off sides.
2: Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. I um, There's people that lost a lot today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some people that were, I don't know that anyone in our room, I guess it's possible people do whatever they want. But I know we, we, some people we still talk to that aren't in our room that we've worked with in the past. And specifically one person comes to mind, man, he just kind of really got wrecked today. Um, mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. to fade that. And really, you know, there were probably, I don't have my charts up. There were probably... I mean, there might have been four places, Banks. You probably might be able to remember. There was probably like four key highs that we were kind of looking at, thinking like these would be places maybe. Those are places I scaled, um, mm-hmm. except the last two, because I ran out of stuff to scale. Which um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's, which is a good problem to have, um, which I, I like what Max said. Like, well, if you're trading with trends, you're always leaving something on the table. Yeah. I was like, you know, that's a really great uh, comfort Um because that that's that is the way it goes, but um, but yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the decision I made to trade small today, and like I do most Fridays to trade lighter size is because you've worked hard, you know, to to put in a good week, and Friday has the potential to get you kind of all sorts of messed up too because of how strong the moves can be, so.
0: It also sounds like too like the consensus among the group is that you're not trying to you're not going to catch those V bottoms and V tops either, right? Like you have to see something to to convince you that you know the strong side is done.
2: Yeah, you need um you need to take something that matters, and then you need a setup. And here's the thing: like this is Banks has been helping me with this for a a long time, and I'm I think I'm starting to get a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm I've traditionally been a sucker for sniping a high or low and um and that's really fun like that that that's definitely like how i how i got the nickname the you know the baba yaga stick and all that really came from you know snagging sweet entries or whatever um but um if you're if that move let's say there's 75 points to the next key spot that you would be considering a a possible reversion whichever direction Mm -hmm. if you if you are 15 points or 20 points off the low um, before you get a setup that like is great. Um, there's still, there's still meat on the bone, you plenty.
0: know? Plenty. Yep. Yeah. So plenty. And you've actually got some confirmation that maybe this trade is the right one.
2: Yeah. And if it's going to go, it's going to go. Like if it, mm-hmm. and, and that's the thing, confidence in what you're looking at for your setup, like confidence in what you need to see to pull the trigger if if i'm if that is right then stops aren't the problem like we we go like it goes so that that's another i would say back to the question of fading trend if you take an entry take a stop take an entry take a stop guess what take an entry take a stop guess what you you're going the wrong way is that normally how your trades go (laughs) normally your good trades you get in them you go to tp1 get some pullback maybe add whatever continue scale whatever like that's how a trade's supposed to go it's supposed to be easy and if it's not easy yeah. you know then you're on the wrong side
0: shouldn't be taking a bunch of heat or stressing over whether it's going to take your stop or not before it catches yeah yeah yep all right anybody else have any thoughts on fading trends in before we move on to the next one don't do it <laughs> there you go that'll <laughs> work all right let's uh, pause for an ad break S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com and that phone number is 520-977-7904 Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address Alright, let's move on to the next one here Alright, so I saw an interesting tweet and yes, I'm still calling it tweets because I'm 40 and fuck Elon uh, for What, would you, today.
2: what <laughs> would you call it otherwise? An interesting X.
0: I I think they call it posts now, actually.
3: Yeah, I even heard Elon struggling to what to call it now. (laughs) Yeah, it's because he doesn't know what he's doing over there
0: either. (laughs) I think he's just trying to nuke the value so he can uh, get out of the loans or buy them back from the banks at a discounted rate. No, but Crudelli had this really good tweet today uh, that said that the reason why 90% of traders fail is not because they can't make money. It's because they can't make as much as they want. Curious if anybody has any strong feelings about that statement one way or the other.
3: I don't disagree with it.
0: Yeah, neither do I.
3: Yeah, big problem.
0: What do you th- explain why? Like, what do you think that is?
3: Because everyone has Lambos in their head. <laughs> I, I'm serious, like, and that's actually it's a it's a personal experience from my own point of view. Is yeah, I had Lambos in my head. I had big dreams, aspirations, and was always shooting for the stars and you know put risk on to to create a lambo mm-hmm. and it really that's what you're dealing with you're dealing with a calculated risk in a casino atmosphere and guess what the math always wins and yes. that's that's what it has been for me is that the math of my back testing my strategy my statistics now it has given me the confidence to take those those trades, even though I don't like them that you guys hear me talk about in the mic. I don't mm-hmm. like taking this, but I'm gonna take the damn thing because the thing told me to take it. Um that's like that's that's it. Like I don't think a lot of traders understand that you can be profitable and and lose sixty percent of the time. Yeah if
0: you've got a good risk to reward profile, yeah, that's yeah, definitely reasonable. If
3: you're two to one, ish, mm-hmm. ish, I don't actually know the exact statistic, but like, if you're two to one, you should lose sixty percent of the time. That means every ten trades, you lose six of them. Like, it's just like it's, it is really hard on your psychological effect to lose that many times.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think I read another statistics that said something about like how many losses it takes or how many wins it takes to overcome the feeling of one loss. And it's, yeah, that's pretty substantial.
3: Yeah, that's 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 what always blows me away is and that's actually kind of a turning point for myself as well is relying on my own statistics, my own backtesting, my own forward testing and realizing that you can take that third loss in a row and just go with it because it says from your experience that it'll win. And that's, that's the hard, that's really the hardest part because every trader, every newbie trader is looking for that, um, that gizmo, that switch, that, that thingamajigger, whatever you want to call they it. Want
0: the, the easy button. We can yeah, call exactly. It,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that quote because it captures a lot. I mean, it captures a lot of the, some of the challenge that I've, you know, navigated and have been navigating. Um, So you, you trade, uh, you know, once upon a time, you know, God, we just make a couple hundred bucks a day, a hundred bucks a day. That'd be crazy consistently. And then all of a sudden that's kind of like, eh, whatever, you know, and then (laughs) that grows and that grows. And then you get to like a tipping point where you're right on the edge of um, emotionally, um, what you can manage as far as size uh and and I went through this a stretch where um you know, just piled on more size and more size, and the good days are really good, but the bad days are tough, and that that emotional tax um is tough um, and so reeling all that in and trying to think of the the money that we're making. As more than just numbers on a, on a screen, I think is a big, it's a big part of it. So I know everyone, you know, $28,000 today, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, like think about the year, um, think about the month, like the path to 10 K a month is, is not a, is not a difficult path. Um, from on the one hand, you're talking five, 600 bucks a day and and yeah. you're six figures a year. Even if you trade 20% of the time, you don't do anything. still puts you at six figures a year.
3: But mm-hmm. can we squash, please, can we squash the, what you need
2: to make a day? I I like the what can you, what you, what, what your target is for the day, because it gives me a place to exhale. So there's a, there's a number I'm, I have in my mind that I think is reasonable for a day. Um, now there's, there's days I don't hit that, and I'm not mad. But on day, I, I it's my way to fight against getting upstuck. So, um, you know, upstuck oh. like you make a big trade, and yeah. um, you know, you're you're up more than what you need, and then you mm-hmm. put on another one, and then you fall below or fall below that uh that high nice water mark
0: number. Yeah, yeah.
2: And I'm doing the totally like, oh. opposite. So I think it's a, probably a personality thing is a big yeah. part of that. So for some people, I think the daily target is uh, oppressive and difficult. Uh, for me, it feels like a like a like a rela- like it's a comfortable thing, like it's relaxing.
0: I feel like whenever I have a daily target like that, I either rarely hit it and never exceed it, because it becomes it becomes like the ceiling. Whether I, I mean to do it or not, it becomes like my cap. Like I'm afraid to do anything more Ex- if I get close to that.
3: Exactly. And that was my point. Like for me, the whole daily profit target was a cap. It was a it was a rev limiter. Mm-hmm. And for me, this has like been my evolution. This Like if there's ever like one evolution for my whole entire year, it's the risk part like my daily risk is a hard line in the sand period and there's no question about it. My daily upside is an unknown target. And I feel like whenever I used to always have this goal, like just make $200 and then make $200, make $400, make $400, make eight hundred dollars Like that was like the whole mantra of retail. Mm -hmm. And it really came into its own when you start realizing or when you start doing, the days that you're just consistently, you know, hitting little targets, you know, means it's only $100, $200. And then all of a sudden you have a banger of a day and it's $800. And then you just you consistently just keep that daily grind and keeping your stop loss in place. And then all of a sudden you have another $1,000. Hmm. Because my old self, I would close out the day. I'd be done. Right, you not looking anymore. Exactly. I made $400. I made my daily goal. I'm done. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I started learning that when I lean into those days that I'm on tune with the market, that my P&L just skyrocket.
0: I think that sounds a lot like what Rich talks about. Like if you're recognizing you're in that flow too. Yeah. You're taking away the caps and the ceiling. I like that.
2: Yeah, I I definitely think that that if a daily target doesn't serve somebody well, they should definitely bail on that idea. Um, so if I hit a daily target, I mean, there was not – there wasn't a day like – I don't remember like two weeks ago. But let's just say this past week, there wasn't a day that I hit the daily target that I was like, all right, all done, not trading anymore. The, the, the number on the screen doesn't um, change it so much as the conditions we are where we are in the market – and decision fatigue. So for me, decision fatigue is a big thing I have to monitor. Mm-hmm. So how many how many mm-hmm. decisions yeah. have I made? How many times have I put risk on? Am I still making the sharpest, clearest, best decisions? If I am, keep on rolling. Whether it's whether we've made you know six thousand dollars or a thousand dollars or whatever. But the moment that I start to th- slip a little, have some thoughts. Um, I can just feel the decision fatigue then that's kind of my my metric for being finished. So the number is kind of eh
0: what well, sounds more like it's a minimum for you then?
2: I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's it's like it's, I'm going like to get an up.
0: excuse to it gives you the excuse to say, you know what? I I've done well enough. I know I'm not at my top of my game. This is good enough. I can stop.
2: Yeah, well like you wake up, you do your work, you sit down. If I hit that target, I feel like whatever happens after that like that's enough to get me to the desk, you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like i'm not yeah. I mean I'm not gonna come trade for a hundred dollars, and that that I'm just gonna do something else so having a a upside thing that I think, like for the work I'm putting in and the time, unless the market's really weird, it's really reasonable to expect to make x number of dollars and then I think the 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 upside or the past that or the whatever. I just try to keep in mind the compound effect of all of that, you know. Like no one brags about making a thousand dollars. No one's posting on Twitter like, "Ah, oh, banged out a thousand. You know, I made a G today. Like that's not exciting. Um it is. but I'd be excited. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know. I'm just saying, like, that's not something like it's not. Ac- it's
0: not life changing. Yeah, so it's not. The accolades aren't gonna fall
2: in. all over you for that. Yeah, but in the quiet detailed approach to your work over a long period of time, that's, a, that's more money than most people see. You do that for mm-hmm. six months, you do that for eight months, you bring that discipline, you have and if the target thing serves you well, I mean, the 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 $500 a day thing was my deal for a long time. 500 mm-hmm. bucks, man, smash out 500 bucks, high five myself, go play golf. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know but it was good because it just got boring like that it it just was so mundane um Mm -hmm. or or there was a season where that was so mundane and i think we've talked about that before it almost takes away the 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 pressure or the 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 fear of like losing a trade all that stuff goes away when you're trading the kind of size that rewards what you want to see and doesn't stress you out when you lose a trade and then you're you get desensitized to it in a good way and then you just add some more size and add some more size what what happened to me is kind of i just thought well i'm the best ever so let's just spool up to you know way more size than we need to and then that creates some some challenges but yeah, yeah you- I
0: was call it I always call it the gulp limit. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Banks. Uh, yeah. Which on that I'm point, to I mean, hear your thoughts.
1: yeah, I mean, the, the sizing up piece kind of goes back to his original, you know, comment is, you know, I kind of view that coming from like the banking side of it. So, you know, everyone wants the reward, but they don't want to put on the risk. So I think where people struggle is, you know, they're willing to put on a couple micros, but when you go into a, putting on a couple minis, that dollar amount on the loss is a hell of a lot bigger. And I think that's where, that's where a lot of people get stuck in like sizing up is the, the reward is so much greater and it's, it's human nature to want that. But the downside, um, mental on that is so much greater. You know, when you lose a hundred bucks, it's a lot easier to swallow when you lose 1500 or 2000 or whatever it is. Um, but, but in the same way, like, you, you know, when I'm talking about like So I do like having a number, at least in my mind, but I kind of view it on the way, like what the process is or what my, like what my trade setup is. So like if, if I know that I can make X on this trade, like that's what I'm trying to go for. I don't necessarily think of it as like a dollar amount for the day. I mean, I like to have an idea in my mind, like, you know, of X dollars, you know, pays the bills. But in the sense of like cutting a trade or anything like that, I don't I don't necessarily like cut trades or anything you know along those lines in those you know spots of where that P and L lies. Um, but I would say like like just allowing trades to go through what your process is, and that's why I think people get stuck. And and I think Bob brought up a good point, like the 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 number of trades in a day, like the the capacity to just be there and present is such a big thing to notice uh, because hmm. we start getting into. You know, later in the afternoon, I mean, you're looking at the same charts or you know the same couple products for a couple hours, Um, and that's something that I just don't necessarily want to do. But at a lot of the times, like the setups don't happen when you want them to happen. Like you, you can't tell the market what to do. Um, So you know, you're you're kind of at the the mercy of what the market's going to give you. And I think you know, like on those setups is like, I mean, you you have to know where you know where you're wanting to take this. You have to know on that trade what you're willing to risk. So if you're willing to risk X and you think you know where this is going, that's what I'm willing to sit through and wait on the day. And I think that's another thing is like, like I would rather sit in one tr- one good trade than have to do 10 trades. You know, I, and I used oh, to be the other yeah. way where I used to trade a lot more size um, and a lot more flipping in and out of the market. And it's just, it became stressful. In the sense of like like having to be here, having to be present. Um which was fine for what I was doing, but from what I'm looking at now, like I'm more than fine missing a complete day of trading because I know which like what my setup is. And if you get that setup and, and it and it goes the way you want it to go, I mean it's a it's a week maker. You could have a one trade a week.
2: Well you I mean, you, you made more in one in just a couple trades towards the end of this week, then you'd made the entire week. So <laughs> exactly. that's case in point.
1: I was down going into Friday.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, 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 but slightly. Just slightly, slightly yeah, a
1: couple, a couple hundred bucks. But it was one of those where, like, I would have a good, you know, I'd have a good trade, I'd have a stop, and then I'd have work. And somewhere I just don't want to sit on there, like, all all day. And, you know, I'd pass on a couple trades, like, during the week. Um, but like, I just waited for a really clean setup on oil this morning and just took it. And I mean, I oh, smashed that. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's the thing. yeah, you're, go for
3: it. you're just like me. We're, we're yeah. trading in between work opportunities.
1: Yeah. And that's, yeah. A, that's the part too.
3: And, and that decision tree for me, like, like where you just like this decision fatigue is a humongous deal. Yep. Because for me, like I have so many decisions to make in the morning. I have so many things to do in the morning, to schedule and all these different things with work. And that decision fatigue like wears on me. And I've, I've absolutely 100%. It doesn't even matter the market, whether we're changing between, you know, noontime, lunchtime, whatever it is, by about 10 o'clock Central Time, 11 o'clock Eastern. It definitely wears, I mean, like my decision-making sucks hmm. and yeah. it, it is something that I've definitely
2: noticed in my trading.
0: I'm curious if any of you guys, like Baba, have you quantified like how many decisions, like how many trades is uh, suddenly throw up the red flag that I.
2: Three to five. It's three to It's three to five, somewhere in the neighborhood of three to five. Uh, that's it? Yep.
1: Yeah. I would say that's, that's impressive. I mean, you, you're
2: on voice every day. You, you, you should know that.
0: <laughs> oh no, I know. I'm. I know. I'd like to cut out pretty quick. I don't. Like, I, don't, I, don't like to hang I don't. around once I feel.
2: Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I just here's the thing. I just look back at my best days. My best days. Mm-hmm. I don't trade much more than that. Three to five. Um, and really, just like I mean, honestly, like I I love the days where you just get one good entry. One, one great set of scales, leave a runner, throw the peace sign, come back at, at 1130 and check on it. Yeah. That's that's the best. Banks, you said something when you were talking that made me think of um, something I wanted to ask or mention. Oh, I wanted to say moment of vulnerability. So in, in, in our Discord, like Banks is in there, I'm in there obviously, um, Kyle's in there, Mike's in there. Uh, it's funny that bank said like you know i was down going into friday and then made what he needed to make um banged out that oil trade and whatever else that right there should tell like everybody that just being in a room doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything um like meaning i wasn't down going into friday and purdue wasn't down going into friday but but because of the opportunities banks had his schedule whatever he probably only took a couple of trades for the whole first part of the week anyways and they were probably a couple partials and a full stop or something like that and so it just left him basically break even maybe down a little we're not making this like just because i see a setup and an opportunity take the trade like not 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 everyone else is doing the same exact things that's that's like a i think that's like a something I'd like to point out about our room is that we're not like, yes, I'm sharing my screen. Yes. I think most of the time my entries are no, on there,
0: but it's not a big echo chamber though. Not everyone's not, trying to do the no, same thing. It's not.
2: And the other yep. thing is I lost more money. I lost more money on Monday than anyone else in the room, probably, or Tuesday, whatever day that was. Um, It was like, it was almost $3,000.
0: Sounds like you're trying to segue into the good, bad and the ugly segment. Here. Not necessarily. <laughs> I'm just
2: saying like, you know, I, 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 was trading, you know, normal size and let it rip like one too many times. Cause like, like I said, three to five, I don't like to take back to back to back to back stops. Normally I take a couple stops and I quit. But that Mm -hmm. day I was like, nah, we're going to get this. And then what's funny is then I just took that shovel I was digging with to dig the hole. I just got a lot smaller shovel. And then I only dug really effective and efficiently. And I sent you um stats for what this week ended up like um not to like boast but just to say like that that is from trading about half the size that I traded on the day that I actually lost, you know, the money. Right. And, like had the red day, but it like when I trade lighter size like that, it it forces me to kind of really um dial it in, you know, cuz you're like it, it, you're just aware like okay we gotta like make the most of the opportunities to happen and squeeze the squeeze the juice out of this lemon um when i trade bigger size i do find myself closing trades out quicker yep um because of the the ups like what what i've already yielded and kind of thinking like ah oh, you know i can swing it around here and it'll be fine uh so like even this week i had a little pivot where i was like all right let's just size down and trade incredibly smart and surgical uh, turn this week around have a good week and you know we were able to do that but
0: well i think you kind of are segueing in so maybe we should just uh wrap this one up unless anybody else has any more thoughts on what we've been discussing here i love that sound effect <laughs> that's amazing Alright, so this is the segment where we talk about what we did over the past week and the lessons we learned from it. Uh, as we like to say, trading is a constant process of improving, and there's always great lessons to learn from the mistakes that we make. So it doesn't have to be mistakes. It could be good, could be bad, could be an ugly, could be the story. Uh, whoever wants to kick us off, I'll, I'll yield the mic to them.
2: Well, I was just telling the story, so...
0: Yeah, well, it sounds like we got your good... <laughs>
2: Yeah, the good (laughs) is so. I mean, so the yeah, the bad was um, I came into the week very confident in what I thought would unfold. We built value in a certain way that was kind of slightly flagging me to be careful. Um, I did not heed my own work to the extent that I should have, and whatever day that was, I think it was Tuesday. You know, gave back what I made on Monday and then that much again. And so I was like, Oh, well, we've done dug ourselves a hole. Um, and so I think the good, so that's the bad. And it wasn't terrible. I mean, like it's, it's not that big of a deal. It was just that, that day was probably, I would say I had the feelings of frustration slightly. Mm. Um, that I don't like to have when I'm trading because when I'm trading my best, I don't feel that way. And that's some how of the stuff you, that go ahead.
0: That's how are you recognizing that.
2: Well, I was going to say some of the, so listening to the stuff that you guys did with rich Friesen back in the, um, two bulls, um, episodes. Yeah. As well as listening to an interview that he did with a trader, um, that he posted where he was asking him all these questions and, um, it just made me keenly aware of um what do I feel like when I'm trading my best and what do I feel like when I'm when I'm you know when I'm not. And it doesn't have to be a huge blow up day. It doesn't have to be like losing thousands. Normally, I mean to be honest, like as the market unfolds, it is I'm like, yeah, that's what that's what we should be doing. Like that's what I, I I'm not blown away that we're trading to this price. I'm not blown away that we're it's unfolding this way. Normally I'm, I'm with it. Like I'm like, yeah, that's how we're supposed to go. But when what you anticipate to happen doesn't happen, that is a very good sign, and something that you should pay attention to. And and I I just didn't do that that well that day, and I just felt this uh fr- like frustration, you know, like it's it just like, oh man, why is this? You know, why? What are we trying to do here, bulls? What? why do y'all keep buying this? Who's buying this here? Like if I ask the question in my mind, who's buying this here, I guarantee you I'm trading like an idiot. Mm -hmm. Like that, that, that is (laughs) the silliest question to ask. You know what? Like who cares? They are, should be you. They are (laughs) and it should, yeah, it should be you. And so (laughs) that was the bad that, um, it just wasn't a sharp day, man. I don't know. Like I don't I, I don't like having not sharp days and it was just not a sharp day.
0: So, I love what you just said there though about when you're asking yourself like those questions, like think about those questions that you're when you're not doing well, what you're asking and make note of those cuz yeah, I feel like that's an ex you you just nailed that,
2: I think. Now, what are the things that are going through your mind, you know? Like a lot of the things you just said. Yeah, I can't believe they just fill in the blank. Why would you fill in the blank?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Who is fill in the blank? All of those <laughs> things, like any of those things cross my mind. I'm like, oh gosh, what am I doing? So that was my bad, you know, that I had a day where I just kind of faltered. And I, I don't feel an immense amount of pressure being in the room, like being live, having trades live, whatever, like that doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me to take an L or like lose a trade here or there, but it bothers me when I feel like I, um, it does bother me when I feel like I get a little bit shook and that doesn't happen often. Um, And shook is maybe not the best, like, you know, when I get like frustrated, when I, when I start to ask those questions, when I start to feel that way, I'm like, man, I'm probably not leading very well right now. I'm too absorbed into my frustration and I've allowed myself to be, on the wrong side of the market and that's really what what the frustration is about not about who's buying or whatever 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 it's the what context clues did i miss and those are days where i call banks at the end of the day and i say what what did i miss dude what did i overlook um i don't i don't go home and you know lash myself on the back with a whip but i i go home and work like what's the nuanced thing that i overlooked What's the what's the detail? Uh, did I have sloppy pre-market prep? Did I rush through the normal steps?
3: You know what my favorite interview question is? What's that? What do you do when you get angry?
2: What, like literally what do I do?
3: What do you do when you get angry? Mm,
2: like in general life or?
3: No, specifically, I'm asking you an interview right now.
2: What do you do
3: when you get angry? What is your first response?
2: Uh, It's definitely my first response when I get angry, is to ask, is to is to try to justify why I shouldn't have to feel the way I do because someone else is doing something wrong.
3: Hmm. Okay. What if someone else is not doing something wrong?
2: Well, most of the time, yourself doing something wrong. Exactly, and I was going to say most of the time it's it's in a in a moment in a few moments of clarity I realize it's not someone else doing something wrong the market's never wrong or it's not every meeting that I have that the other person is wrong and I'm right. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's my default. And so then I have to, I have to, I talk to people around me to help me navigate through what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking and what, what do I need to change? And so it very quickly progresses from uh, an external like they or them into a, okay, what, where, what do I need to do? What's my responsibility? How do I, what's my next step? How do I move forward?
3: It's a favorite question of mine because I've noticed it through many employees is it, it's actually most often it's one of two responses. I get loud or I get quiet. Oh yeah. And it's something that I will note on every single application of every single employee. When they get quiet, they're angry. When they get loud, they're angry. Like it's, it's, an indicator for, me, for you. yeah, it's an indicator for me as a personal observation. And for me personally, I get quiet. I'm
2: yeah. I'm a quiet. Yeah. I'm a quiet. You? Yeah, I'm a quiet. you? Yep. yep. Yeah, I'm wow. a quiet when I'm angry. Cause the wheels are turning. If exactly. you'll notice, too, yeah, if you guys yeah. notice too, in the room, like if you notice, um, I guess it was either Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I got, No, I got it. You know what I'm saying? The talk, yeah. talking through, the trades, much more commentary, much more detail, uh-huh. um, much more verbal. Yep. Um, that's when I'm at my best. I that, that's totally get I was, it. That's but that's
3: why I was, I was pointing that out. But yep. if you can start pinpointing when that dialogue and you guys know or you and Banks know and that I told you I don't like voices in my head when I'm trading. Mm, yeah. Because… Yep. Yep. I constantly will talk to myself off the mic. I turn my mic off when I'm in your guys' room, but I will constantly talk to myself because I am – it's that dialogue. And when that dialogue starts getting silent, it's a flag to me.
2: Yeah, that's a great point, man. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, That's a really great point. And I actually asked Banks, like, do you think I talked too much? Because I was just trying to fully – be in the moment with what was unfolding, maybe to an extent that I had it in the last you know, in a while with the because normally I'm like, all right, I'm long here and then I'm like focusing on I'm just in my own head, like, okay, this is good, this is bad, this is where I want to see. And then like calling out, you know, lines in the sand. Like, all right, here we go. This if we trade below here, above here, whatever. Um, so yeah, much more much more negative things unfold if I'm like silent in a trade. It's usually not mm-hmm. going my way. Yeah, so Bob, i go uh, to um, that too.
0: If I hear you go quiet, I'll I'll know something's wrong. <laughs> yeah.
2: What were you saying, Banks?
1: Yeah, what I was gonna say is I gave you the answer of you weren't talking too much, but we all know that you were. So
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We but, all know that I talk too much all the time. But I'll tell you what, those uh that yeah, commentary, but, that was yeah, solid. It's awesome. Yeah, no, it, it
1: was, was good. good. It, was, it was really good. All right, the, good, the
2: good of it, the good of the good of the whole thing is so that boring. I I know I'm still going. Don't play the music. Now. My, my,
3: my me...
1: pre market
3: is only going to take 15 minutes of the 30 minutes pre market. Uh, they're pulling
2: me off. There it
0: goes no no go ahead. Finish your thoughts, man. Finish your thoughts.
2: I just wanted to say the po- the positive is and the upside, and I appreciate uh, Purdue. I appreciate that question and and that conversation. I felt like we got a little counseling moment there for a second. Yeah, we did. Thing. The positive was realizing that there wasn't big damage done, crisis, nothing bad, and let's size down and focus up. And I think the skill of a trader, and this is something I am proud of, is that resiliency. Um, the, that you're to, you know, like the Leon Edwards, Kamara Usman fight at the last 15 seconds where he KO'd him with a head kick – Right before that, his coach said, Quan Leon, you got to pull this thing out of the fire. Now, we weren't down to that point, but sizing down, getting sharp, and really focusing on staying within the process for the rest of the week, finished with a really good week. So that's the good of it.
1: Fucking well done, dude.
2: Awesome. All right. What about you, Mr. Banks?
1: Yeah. So I, I just looked back at my, uh, my trades for this week. Cause I was curious. Um, I took eight trades all week. Um, so I, I, had a pretty busy schedule all week and I, you know, you guys were aware of this and setups were kind of, you know, in, in me, you know, in between meetings and stuff like that. So I guess my, my good is, um, something that I've always had to work on is, um, the, the red days making them small red days. So, yeah. So, Monday, I really didn't trade. Um, Tuesday, took like a small little haircut loss. Took one stop. Um, basically, just cut it after that. I was busy the rest of the day. Um, Wednesday, basically had like a break-even day. Took like two break-even stops. Thursday was my my bigger loss day um, which actually looking back at the actual setup, I should have never even taken it. It was uh, something that I thought, um, I thought I had the correct setup and looking back at it, I didn't have, it was more like, I thought it was an A and it was really more like a B minus because it never, it didn't all line up, but I would say the good thing, you know, I didn't have anything horrible all week, basically just, you know, had a, pretty mediocre week until today. And I think the good is just, you know, staying patient and staying within the process. Um, you know, I, and I, I and I think it's something to where when you have a couple of days where you're busy and you want to be in the market and you and you see the setups after they happen and um I think you can get a little bit impatient. So I think the good thing about this week is staying patient, staying in process, um, and not being um I guess, you know, jumping into the market when I am not fully focused
0: that's that's a fucking phenomenal dude that's a hard thing to do when you miss moves especially if you miss multiple trades to go back and look at it and not try to force something like is there something that you do to help you like not chase and not try to make bad decisions like that or is it just discipline and
1: but, I mean, I think it's just I think it's just maturing in the fact that, like, I know when my setups are going to work, ex- except when I thought it was a setup and it wasn't, um, you know, but but I think if, if you rely on your setups and rely on your process, like the vast majority of trades that I'm taking um, are in basically where trend start is, or you know, on reversals or whatever, but it's in it's in zones of interest only. And I think mm-hmm. that's the main difference is. And and with what we're looking at now, it's, it's, it's almost like a waiting game for time sessions, um, to where I feel the, the most comfortable entering these positions. Um, and, and, and you're, you're aware of uh, the, like the cycles that we're looking at and what we're looking at on a timely basis. So like it's, you know, it's, it's, that's actually made it a lot easier to be patient, uh, because I'm basically waiting for a specific time in the market in a specific area in a certain condition for an entry. Yeah. So it makes the entries a lot easier.
0: Yeah. And uh, I love what you're working on there. I can't wait till you guys roll that out because I think it's going to open a lot of eyes there. I know for me, I found when I trade the right times, it's those are so much easier than trying to trade those other sessions.
1: Yep,
3: But banks like, cause that's been a, a humongous turning point for me as well. I feel like we're in the same space as far as when we can trade, when we can't trade. Mm-hmm. yeah isn't it like really head-turning when you start identifying when i can trade where i want to trade like that has like been like the most mind-blowing thing to me this year
1: yeah yeah i would i would say it's it's been huge even in with like what we're looking at over the past couple of weeks like i've just noticed like where where my trend or like where my trades happen during specific Cycles of the market, um, it's just eye opening. Like you'll you know you'll be in a spot where like we're accumulating price, and you'll you'll basically have a, a, a switch in time, and you get that you know manipulative move yeah. out to the bottom, and and all of a sudden you get an entry setup. But you know during that whole time of I, we were in the area that, of interest, but it wasn't a setup yet. Where in the past I would be entering in that trade, and I'd be in that trade for. 30 minutes 40 minutes whatever it is and all of a sudden i have the actual setup but then once like once it moves in my favor i'm like well i've been in this for 45 minutes i'm gonna get out of this trade at break even snaps back to where my actual entry is today um and that's when i'm entering so and it's just a time thing you know it's waiting for specific times of the market where the conditions are right and, and you know it's exactly like you said like it is eye-opening because yeah. you know, the, the the moves that you enter happen almost immediately I was looking back at my trades like my successful trades are like four minutes long <laughs> like I want yeah. on, on TP ones you know like they're they're moving where I want them to move quickly
3: and, and it, for me it's been eye-opening on on back testing it's been eye-opening on forward testing and live testing like it's it's amazing sometimes like when you start looking at your charts and realizing where you should be taking a trade and where you want to take a trade and the stuff happens that you've, you plan to happen. Yeah. And like, I think, I think Flurry said, I'm a positive Flurry said it at least once, but like you do all this work and do all this planning over the weekend or whatever it may be. And you watch it unfold. It's just like, why didn't you just let this go?
1: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely.
3: This Friday, November 10th for me, I nailed the perfect destination trade. And that is a flurry, patented, trademark, whatever you want to call it. It's, It's where you go from one side to the balancer to the other side. That's the first person I called or where he called the destination trade. I go oh, like, from one side of a balance to the other side of a balance, and I nailed that today.
0: You freaking nailed that trade too. Thank you. So that's your good.
2: That yeah, that's my good. Didn't you like nail the whole week this week though?
3: Yes. <laughs> like, this week is a record week for me. Ah, oh, damn it! I need
0: applause on here.
3: Thank you. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Thanks, Baba.
3: But yeah, today was a perfect example of a destination trade. If I was looking at ES, the balance area low on November 10th was 58.50. And that exact level, we created a lower high and just ripped from there on. And I actually tried shorting. I tried shorting three times. Because we were below the 50% line of the balance area and I was continually trying to short, try to get outside of balance because that's what I do. And I saw the smaller time frame Quasimodo pattern. Um, it just ripped and I let it go. So I took my profits. I added based on my driving, my driving bar strategy. Mm-hmm. And... When I added my driving bar strategy, I then actually had to leave the leave the PC or leave the computer, and I just let my stops I let my stops in and let it go. On two my accounts, they actually exited at the weekly and monthly highs. Ah, beautiful! It's like one of those like once in a month trades. Like like just everything lines up, everything perfect, and just skyrockets.
0: Do you have any uh, bads or uglies? You wanted to talk about?
3: Oh, my bad was actually... Actually, was that today? It was today. I moved my stop. Oh, no. Yep. Which way? At the very start of the Open, I had a situation in my my strategy where I should have been short. Mm-hmm. I got short, and I moved my stop down. I think it was like one tick below or low on Friday. And what happened was is that it stopped me out, and then actually proceeded to my T1 and T2, but it was that that pissed me off. I remember it that was, now. Yep. Yeah, I moved yeah. my I moved my stop because on a structural level I should have been moving it down because OR low was on the thirty second. OR thirty second was hit. Mm-hmm. I actually move my stop down and that wasn't to the strategy. and knocked me out and then proceeded down to the targets. Yeah. It was a frustrating situation, but I actually, that's part of my good.
0: Yeah. I'd say so. Cause you recovered from that. Yeah. Beautifully. Like Thank if you. I would have, the same thing would have happened to me. There's a good chance that I would have probably had a pretty bad day.
3: That's like the epiphany of like every single retail trader is to be able to flip long and short. Actually, I think you're segueing into my good and bad. (laughs) Okay. What's that?
0: Well, uh, my good was cutting a runner at like the perfect spot, which thank you, Banks, for helping with the assist on that one. I was like maybe two or three points from the low when I closed out the last short runner I had.
1: Absolutely. You're welcome.
0: But as I was watching that and unfold and I saw the driving bar that I think that you probably added on or maybe the one that you probably like initiated at least something of your position for that long, and fear stopped me from being able to take that. I was I was too afraid of what the bears were doing in order to even participate on that one.
3: Do you have any practice adding to your positions?
0: Uh, that wouldn't have been an add. That would have been I was flat at that point, but I was afraid to trust anything the bulls were doing because I just watched the bears slam a bunch of size down, and and I knew in my head, and I was watching, I was like, man, if these guys get run over, this thing's gonna rip, and it did, but it was just fear, man. It was I was afraid to take the risk. I was afraid to risk anything more after getting a green day that I was happy with, if we put it that way. Like it wasn't a daily target, but it was it was a number that I was happy
3: with. That is a rich reason topic. I know. I know. In fact, maybe we might have to bring that one up when it comes in. I, I really think when you're right, that has like been a humongous turning point for me. Mm-hmm. When you're right is pushing it. And when you're wrong, cut that crap short as fast as possible.
0: <laughs> the good thing that I did was not chasing that. When I missed that long, I didn't go in and try to find another trade somewhere else. Like I just I just hung out with you guys, I chatted, talk shop, and then uh, closed up the charts and went about my day. Like I gotta say, man, out of all the traders that I've met doing this, I think you're probably one of the, the people that's helped me in my development quite a bit, or at least more than most. You're good at telling me when I need to do something, and you don't you don't shy away from it. I remember having a really deep heart to heart with you uh you i think Joel was there with that one too, where you just basically stressed the importance of back testing and finally made the point come through all right, okay, we're starting to go a little bit long here, so let's uh I think we move on get these bold predictions done, and we call it a night. What do you guys think? Let's go, yeah, I'm down. Okay, who has got a bold prediction that wants to kick this thing off? Who's got the boldest prediction? Let's start there.
3: I got the oddest one.
0: <laughs> I think we save yours for third.
1: I'll uh, I'll I'll go back on my on my bank one. Except, um, is there a time frame on this? Uh, I think as long as you specify the time frame, we'll be we'll be generous with that. So, by the end of the year, I expect at least one to two bank closures. How about that? I went on the opposite. Okay. And the reason why. Judging I'll by the I'll headlines,
0: give... I'm seeing that might not be that bold.
1: <laughs> well, I'll give you the reason <laughs> why. And that's yep. coming from the banking industry. Um, I just read an article that the banks in uh, the U.S. are carrying $650 billion of unrealized losses from these bonds.
0: <laughs> is that one of and the we, ones I
1: set you? Yeah, well, it it I went back and read it. We are actually <laughs> up, we are up 15% since the end of the second quarter on Man. those because of the October push on bonds to the downside. Um, but I was taking it from my banking, you know, kind of expertise is you're going to start to see a lot of the bank losses too. On top of that is loan loss is going to be a huge thing going forward. Oh, yeah. Um, the, so you have unrealized losses that are hitting the books, but you also have actual loan losses that are hitting the books um, mm-hmm. because rates have jumped where you know, you're know you going to see a lot of these rates on the three, five years um, you know, terms that are being renewed in this end of the year, beginning of next year, um, going from 4% to 8%. And yeah. there's a lot of these businesses that just can't handle that type of movement.
3: I'm sorry, but I was told that it's all synthetic.
1: Well, it's all <laughs> fake money anyway, but
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw a lot of I'm those bonds were <laughs> so I saw a lot of those bonds were supposed to be held to maturity. Is that not the case?
1: So there's two ways that you can buy bonds is you can buy them for hold for maturity or you can actually, there's, you have to list them when you buy them though. It's, 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 so it's hold to maturity or basically you can sell them um, at any given time. But the rates on, so like the, the, the bonds that we hold at our bank are all for sale at any given time. Um, mm-hmm. the, the issue with those is that the yield is lower on those bonds. Um, but so like a lot of these bigger banks got caught up buying these longer term bonds at low rates or 2%, 2.5% but they got to hold them for another, you know, six years. Right. Right. Crazy. So, yeah, I don't know if it's bold, but I just went back on what I did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm writing it down one to two by the end of the year,
3: which is scary close because we're less than a month and a half to close the year out.
0: I I know that's, that's kind of what I was just thinking. All right. uh, Baba, what do you got for us, buddy?
2: All right. Bold prediction. Most people could tell from my accent that I'm from the southeast of our great country. And there's a football team that I'm partial to, to be the University of South Carolina, fighting Gamecocks, if you will. Oh, yes. And my bold prediction is that they win out the rest of the season. What?
0: Wait, who are they playing?
2: South Carolina? Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and and Clemson University. That's funny.
0: Think they're going to beat Clemson? Uh, Clemson's garbage. It's be
2: a good. bold prediction, man. Okay. All right, Kyle. Kyle, win out the year. That's right. Win on, went on a high note. We're going to go out on top, baby. Well, we'll
0: know uh, tomorrow whether that's going to be true or not. Or that's right. True. That,
2: that gives me the chance <laughs> next week to make up something different. So
0: right. <laughs> All right, Purdue. What do you got, man? What do you got for us?
3: Okay, so I'm actually changing my my what? easy one.
0: Oh, no, forget okay. the easy okay. one. Give okay. us a good
3: one. So, yeah, the, the funny one, that Jen and Yellen will say the F-bomb in the next two weeks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like that's the,
3: the new norm of our government facilities. So Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious, dude. Two weeks. So, two? November Janet, 10th.
0: Can Jen and Yellen say oh, – I have a hard time picturing her in that. Oh, God. But I never would have expected Powell to do it either, so.
3: <laughs> I hate Powell. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. as soon as I heard that, I was like, God damn, he is one of us. <laughs> one of us. One yes, of us. exactly. <laughs> Just close a f- door. But uh, if you want an accurate prediction, I will say yes. Next week, we'll hit 47. Prediction. Oh, Yes, next week we'll hit 447. That's my that's my bold four, accurate four, prediction. 447.
0: Four, that's only three numbers. That's pretty bold. Me? <laughs> <laughs> 447 is only three numbers. <laughs> that's pretty low. I don't think it's been that low since like. God damn. 44. 47. Four, 25. 447. Four, okay. That yes. That makes more sense. All right. All right. I've got one for you here. Okay, I'm gonna go with Cisco has earnings coming out uh, next week. I think I can't remember if it's Tuesday or Wednesday.
3: Earnings stock.
0: Yes, I am going to say that they are going to beat earnings, but the stock is still gonna drop, and we'll be able to go to Reddit and see all the accusations of the market being rigged floating around in there. It'll be cries of manipulation because you all know how Reddit loves to act.
3: <laughs>
0: I love it. okay all right do we make a show guys can we wrap this thing up get mike to bed absolutely
3: (laughs) get mike to bed jesus
0: it's like an hour and a half past your bedtime okay folks that's gonna do it for today thank you baba thank you banks thank you purdue for joining me this fine friday evening and thank you everybody for uh sticking around to the end thank you the live stream guys for listening in too Remember to check out that new combined Discord. We can trade with us during Friday M-Period challenges. You can tune in live to these recordings. Please show our panelists some love by checking out their links in the show notes. We'll Be back soon with another exciting episode full of new names. But until then, uh, share this with your friends like it's a video of Powell swearing. And take care. <laughs> This podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. It does not constitute financial or investment advice and should not be construed as such. The hosts, guests, and contributors of this podcast are not licensed financial advisors, brokers, or professionals. Any trading or investment decisions made based on the content of this podcast are solely at the listener's discretion and risk. Trading and investing in financial markets carry inherent risks and past performance is not indicative of future results. Listeners should conduct their own research and seek advice from qualified financial professionals before making any financial decisions. The views, opinions, and information shared in this podcast are those of the individual contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of the podcast creators or associated organizations. Produced by China Shot Productions.